Live from the studio in downtown <clears throat> Uptown Charlotte. QC Confessional. QC Confessional. QC Confessional. They contain adult-oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's up, Charlotte? And we are live from the Radio Charlotte studio in Uptown Charlotte. It is QC Confessional with Jenna Gribble. Oh, wait. Yeah, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Better late than never. (laughs) Yeah, Brandon Hinson. Fired it up. (laughs) 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 And my name is Ren. And tonight we're going to be talking about CBD. A lot of questions about that. You hear about it. You read about it. You see some stuff on it. But a lot of people aren't educated on the topic, including myself. And I know I want to learn more about this. So got a specialist in the studio here. Going to talk to him in just a few minutes here. But first, this weekend we hit the Hops and Hogs Festival out there in Rural Hill. That was a lot of fun with uh, Collective Soul and Tonic and Fuel and Brett Wiscons and our friends uh, Casca Sun and everybody else up there. So big thanks to Hops and Hogs and all the bands uh, that were involved. Jenna had a good time. I do know that. That's awesome. So yeah, Saturday, Brandon, you missed out. We were hanging out with rock stars and uh, I hang out with rock stars every day I know but not with me <laughs> kind of your like, job <laughs> you actually cracked a dude's back yeah well we're sitting back in this like cabin I guess off the side of the mm-hmm. festival up at Rural Hill for Hops and Hogs and you know it's all the bands and stuff are hanging out there and I'm just hanging out and this guy I started talking to him because well he had on a Kansas City Chiefs hat shout out Jacob because I know you're going to love that so <laughs> I've been talking to all these guys and I was like so are y'all football fans and, and dudes and bands are not football fans I found out like they're mm-hmm. they're just not but this guy had on a Kansas City Chiefs hat so we started chit-chatting and whatever and it was Wes from Puddle of Mud and he was like God, my back is killing me and I was like well let me crack your back and he was like you can't pick me up and I was like challenge accepted so <laughs> I picked him up and cracked his back and I think I threw my back out, but whatever. Um. <laughs> you did an awesome job on Saturday. So basically, we we uh, put a microphone on you and just kind of let you AKA go. AKA a leash. <laughs> <laughs> was leashed all day long. For Medea. Yeah. Yes, Medea. But you yeah. did such a great job. It was fun. I had a lot Everybody of fun. Everybody loved, forget Raymond. Everybody loved Jenna. Oh, well, we had fun. And the guys, we hung out with the guys from Tonic mm-hmm. and Casca Sun mm-hmm. and Brett, we had Brett. Yeah, yeah, we loved Brett. Barefoot Brett, dude. Yeah, Brett did a cover of a song um, that I love that's from that movie, A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a great movie. As soon as I heard it, I was like, damn, I know that song. Yeah, he actually posted a copy of it. I sent mm-hmm. him a message. I was he like, did. hey, can you get me? I was like, I wanted to see if it was on Spotify, and he said it wasn't. So he was like, I'll post it. So He said the version that he did, he covered Eddie Vedder covering Bradley Cooper. Yeah. because <laughs> so I, was like, I haven't Wait. heard the Eddie Vedder version of that. Yeah. I'm sure it's good. It's, so, did, yeah. so Bradley Cooper sang some or most of those songs right. in that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. And yeah. then Eddie it's Vedder did a version of it good. as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I haven't heard that. I want to hear that. I'm down with some Eddie Vedder. So I was like, uh, my, my, my antenna went off. So I was like, I need a copy of that. So yeah, Saturday was a lot of fun. It was, um, we had perfect weather. Brandon, Mm -hmm. God, I wish he could have been there, but yeah, it was a great day. All the bands were awesome. I mean, put a video out there on uh, Instagram as well with all your interviews and things like that. And the thing that kind of cracked me up was the talking wine bottle. I'd never seen that before (laughs) in my life. So we're we're back at this like cabin that was off uh in the woods where the where the bands and people could go and like relax and hang out and get some food and whatever and so it's about 11 o'clock at night and you know i've i've been partaking in the adult beverages so i'm you know feeling you yeah i mean you know it was 
pre-communion. It was late Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm talking to the security guard and I'm like, I pick up this wine bottle and it's, and I immediately recognize it. I'm not a big wine drinker, but it's, um, what are they called? They're called like, uh, but anyway, you put your phone up to it and you download their, the company's app. Mm-hmm. And on each bottle, it has a picture of someone that was arrested or, mm-hmm. you know, charged with a crime in the early 1900s. And when you put the app on it, the app starts making the wine bottle, the label starts talking and it says, hi, my name was, you know, so-and-so and I was charged with murder for stealing XYZ. Like it's, it's a really cool concept. They sell them at Harris Teeter. I've seen them Mm -hmm. a million times. I think that's called the augmented reality. (laughs) (laughs) And after a couple of those drinks, you really can't tell the difference between real reality and augmented reality. It might actually be real. Who knows? No, it was, I can't remember. Yeah. I'll have to pull it up, but uh, I was talking to this guy and I I thought he was like, yeah, Michael, my security guard. He was, um, he, yeah, it's called 19 Crimes is what it's called. So it's wine with conviction and you oh, do this. Yeah. Have you ever seen these? Yeah, I've seen Your it. Your yeah. wife drinks a lot of wine. You I drink a lot of wine. Yeah. So you can, <laughs> a lot I mean, of wine. it's just a cool conversation topic because this, this security guard was like, what planet are you on? You think this wine bottle is going to start talking to you? I was like, hold up. <laughs> I'm about to show you what's up. And isn't, isn't that part for the course of the festival, though? Yeah, I mean, you I was know. just over there eating barbecue, going, all right, whatever. Well, Ren and I were sitting there on the couches taking a break in between shows, and I was like, I was feeling good. I was like, what do you think that the deer out here think of all this? Like, they have 11 months, three weeks of themselves, right. and then one weekend, all these tour buses and you know, 18. You know, they're saying they're like, well, this is better getting fucking shot at, <laughs> right? Because it was just a big deer field. I mean, it's it all deer really shit. Was. All yeah, we yeah, were like, where did my corn go, dude? Yeah, we can wander around freely now. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, but yeah, we had a we had a great time. It yeah, was a, it was a good time. I'm, I'm big thanks forward. to Hobson Hogs. Yeah, big thanks to Hobson Hogs and all the bands, and um, yeah, we had a good time. Very, very good, very, good time. Very cool. So. All right, we got a special guest in the studio today, and uh, we've been talking about uh, covering this topic for a while, and we got to find the right person to bring in to start talking about this this topic here. But we finally found somebody. Brandon found somebody. Yeah, man, this is uh, this is Christian. He owns. Uh, you are the owner, correct? That uh, is correct. Uh, of, uh, founder and the owner. Yep, founder and owner of uh, Cannabuddy um, CBD store over off of uh, Davidson Street or Thirty Sixth Street, Thirty Sixth in the Plaza. Okay. Yeah, what's the actual address? So it's twelve eighteen East Thirty Sixth Street, Suite C. Nice. Uh, and we're here in Charlotte, obviously in Noda's uh, wonderful neighborhood. Oh, yeah. I've nice. made, uh, me personally, have been to quite a few CBD stores, and uh, I walked into this one and was like, oh, yeah. And I think I actually met your met your wife first. Carrie. Mm-hmm. Was telling her when I was, when I was there and what I was looking to do and who I was looking for, and she's like, oh, you have to talk to my husband. <laughs> He's going to love this. He's well, the radio guy. Well, I'm excited <laughs> to be here, and thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for having so I, th- I think that um, CBD has been a topic of ours. You know, it's obviously a hot topic right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there's a lot of misconceptions. I think there's a lot of uh, questions. And I think there's a lot of uh, uh, things that people don't know that they think they do know. Um, just in my, my own personal conversation with people that um, um, I think that uh, I think it's a wonderful thing. And I think that um, there's only more to come from it. So I am definitely no expert. So we were like, we should find someone to come in and talk about these things and ask some questions. And, uh, and let us know what we don't know. Well, that sounds great. Well, I'm glad to answer any questions you have. And it's actually one of my favorite conversations to have because mm-hmm. cannabis is a, a real easy conversation once you kind of understand what's going on with it. I sure. think the main question people have is, is it weed? It's not <laughs> weed. <laughs> it's not weed, but the thing is it looks like it, it smells like it, it smokes like it, it uh-huh. tastes like it, but the difference between CBD or what we traditionally call a hemp or industrial hemp is that it quite simply just won't get you high. So right. it's a, right. it has all the medicinal benefits and all the other uh, great benefits that the plant uh, can 
uh, can impart on you, mm-hmm. but it just it, it won't get you high. There was a, a corporate job I was working for a long time, man. I'm not a corporate guy. I'm a creative guy. But, you know, you got to pay the bills. The money was freaking amazing. Uh, but it was a very, very stressful, intense environment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'd come home and, you know, just could not wind down, could not sleep, could not, you know, uh, get rid of the stress. I'm not a real stressful person, but that job kind of brought it out on me. Sure. Somebody introduced it to me. Yep, absolutely. And so I would come home at night after just a crazy ass day. Hit this pen a couple of times. I slept like a baby, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a rock. Mm-hmm. It took the anxiety away. Uh, but not just that. Once, uh, I guess after a week or so, I noticed that... Uh, my knee from an old uh, sports injury. The aches and pains went mm-hmm. there like it once was. Mm-hmm. Blew my mind. So I've been pff, preaching to the masses about it ever since. But there's still a lot I don't even know. Absolutely. No, that's wonderful. We hear a lot of stories like that from our customers and also from our, our friends and family. Uh, it's you know it's a great plan. It has a lot of medicinal benefit. It's uh, poorly understood at this point because obviously we've been uh, in a state of prohibition for 90 plus years. Right. And now that prohibition has ended, at least uh, for some states, and uh, of course at the federal level for industrial hemp, uh, we're starting to see more scientists and more um, um, colleges and universities start to study the plant and its medicinal benefits. And so I think we have a, a long way to go as far as the science is concerned. But the you know the early signs and the early um, indications are that this is a plant that's going to have a lot of uh, a lot of potential benefits. Mm-hmm. We're seeing some things too now coming out in the mainstream media about potential uses for uh, or of uh, cannabis for antibiotics. Um, mm-hmm. So traditionally nice. we've looked at things um, with CBD uh, tend to help uh, anxiety and stress like you're talking mm-hmm. about yeah. and then uh, pain management as well um, reduces inflammation but mm-hmm. we're starting to see some other real promising uh, science come out uh, here uh, in, in uh, recent news very cool yeah that's how I've kind of always explained this is like uh, I feel like at some point in maybe like 20, 20 years not even that long I feel like we're going to look back on CBD how we mm-hmm. look back on alcohol exactly you know like exactly. it's so mm-hmm. uh, in the past probably five years like I say I mean I've I've always been around this stuff you know being uh, touring with the dead when I was younger <laughs> um, but not until probably like the past five years I was never a big pot smoker I just mm-hmm. it just wasn't my thing uh, and most of my followers know, you know, my mom had terminal cancer for five years and my mom had never done a drug in her life. Like she took me to my first dead show in sixth grade at the Charlotte Coliseum. Right. And I remember her being oh, like, I was that. Yeah, <laughs> it was a nice three day show. So I'm in like sixth grade and I'm like, my parents are like, you know, they're going to, there's going to be marijuana there. Mm-hmm. Just listen, don't, just when it comes by, you just say no, thank you. And you pass mm-hmm. it along. Mm-hmm. And I was like, looking back, I'm like, well, that was pretty cool. <laughs> but when Do my, I have to pass it along? <laughs> <laughs> just never got it but it was but it was ironic because when she did when she did get sick you know and she had she had terminal bone cancer and Mm -hmm. we started going to the doctors with her and um I I started looking at all of her medicine and I'm like wait hold up why are you on oxycontin and methadone like in like this yeah my mom had never done a drug in her life and I'm like are is it like she was functioning she was driving she was doing all this stuff And so I was like, all my friends were like, you know, that stuff's going to just eat away at her. You really need right. to start doing some yeah. research on yeah. CBD. And yeah. it was funny because all of these people that I've known my whole life, all my parents' friends, they were all starting to have like, you know, arthritis. Mm-hmm. They were all having back pain. They were having, you know, um, mm-hmm. old injuries that resurfaced. And they were kind of like coming to their kids and saying, hey, do you know where I can get any like weed or do you know where I can get this or, and I'm like, hold up, wait, are we basically like our parents' drug dealers? Like what's going on? But at the same time, I'm like, I do not want my mom, why is my mom on methadone right. for having cancer? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's when I really started getting interested and in trying to educate myself on it. 
And I think it's like we're about to make the turn. Like, oh, soon. I absolutely agree. Yeah, and we hear that uh, a lot of the times. As far as uh, you know, I think right now senior citizens is probably one of the fastest growing segments of the population that's mm-hmm. interested in CBD. And what we're finding in a lot of the cases is that they'll be prescribed a multiple prescriptions, and a right. lot of times, many if not all of these prescriptions can be replaced with CBD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, it's 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 something that we're seeing that's really kind of starting to take off. Uh, you know, and especially with the cost of all all these prescriptions as well. So the cost of CBD compared to some of these uh, prescriptions is pretty, pretty. Uh, you know, CBD is much lower. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, there's definitely a lot of a lot of different segments of the population that are very interested in CBD and what it can do for them. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, not that my parents were hippies, but when I was growing up, you know, my parents were basically like, if it comes out of the ground, it's good for you. Mm-hmm. My dad was a huge Adele Davis fanatic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all know who that is. She mm-hmm. was a, she was a very big like uh, health guru and vitamin person in the 70s. I was not allowed to have sugar up until probably, I was allowed to have figs. Fig Newtons, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. we were not allowed to have any sugar as kids. Really? We lived off a garden, um, tomatoes, squash. Wow, that's pretty yeah. cool. Wow. My dad yeah. was like a big. He was he he just. Well, y'all know me. I'm already hyper enough. I don't need sugar. <laughs> but you know, they were just really big into that. And basically, he was like, you know, when you go into a grocery store don't shop in the middle that's all poison if you shop the mm. perimeter of the store that's all god's food and it comes out of the ground and it's good for you that's, that's true though now yeah, interesting. i mean that's, that's interesting yeah 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 i mean if you think about that like uh i just read an article about general mills about their cheerios so we used to eat cheerios growing mm-hmm. up as kids we were allowed to have cheerios in total yeah like old people cereal. Right, <laughs> I was like, I want some way. Fruit Loops. <laughs> but I just read an article a couple of months ago that General Mills is being sued by like mm. a ton of people because of the pesticides that they use mm. on the, the oh, wheat. Wow. Yeah. And so now they're saying, like, they said Honey Nut Cheerios is even worse than regular Cheerios. Really? Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. So it's like in everything wow. now. Wow, that's so crazy. It's like, hey, you're giving your children poison. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's definitely a, a thing to um, it, that'll open your eyes. I mean, when I go into the grocery store, I'm like, damn it, I love Cheetos, <laughs> but they're gonna kill me. <laughs> right. Like that, that whatever. But they're the, so tasty. I know they're so tasty, but <laughs> I'm like, do I want to die from Cheetos? <laughs> <laughs> so, so other than the, the than the obvious like. Uh, chemical properties between CBD and THC like mm-hmm. how, do, how do you okay, so you guys lose a lot of local farmers and local, sure. local local growers how do you is there two different plants like is it sure so that's a great question so there, it's actually the same plant and it's just different strains or different varieties so um, the majority of the products that we carry come from uh, the cannabis sativa plant and we're probably all familiar with the two main strains or two main varieties of varietals uh, that they're called within cannabis one is called cannabis sativa the other mm-hmm. one's called cannabis uh, indica and so indica is traditionally has the higher THC content and a lower CBD content unfortunately what happened with um, all of of the um, uh, farming and all of the production, all of the horticulture that went on once uh, marijuana became legalized in uh, the states out west is that they continued to breed high THC marijuana strains. Mm -hmm. And at that point, CBD and some of the other cannabinoids like CBG, CBN, uh, et cetera, were poorly understood and they were kind of secondary. So in other words, they were breeding these high high test, if you will, marijuana strains so that they could sell in the dispensaries, et cetera, and they 
basically t uh, did a fork off the genetic tree, so to speak. And so now we have a situation where um, there's not a lot of uh, high THC strains that have high CBD. So unfortunately, it's it's uh, you, you kind of have to pick and choose. So at this point, you have one choice or another. So that's going to change as time goes on as they continue to reintroduce high uh, CBD genetics into the, the horticulture. So we'll, at some point in the future, we'll potentially have high THC and high CBD strains. Hmm. So to talk more about um, the, the CBD strains or the, um, the high CBD strains, so again, that's classified as industrial hemp. And by the federal definition, it has to contain less than zero 0.3% THC. Interesting. So again, that's three tenths of percentage of THC, and that's on a dry weight basis. So in other words, if you had a if you had um, uh, you know a gram of dry CBD uh, flour, um, you know 0.03% of that would be THC. And again, that's not enough to get you high, but that cannabinoid with some of the other cannabinoids basically work together in what's called the entourage effect, or think of it as in terms of synergy. Hmm. And what that does is these these uh, these healing um, properties work together to basically do things like reduce anxiety, to reduce stress, reduce inflammation. When we reduce inflammation, we reduce pain and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's all really interesting. So, I have to touch on this being the only female in the room. So, <laughs> so, so, this is, well, no, no, no. This is one of the things <laughs> I saw a meme about this and I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> so, listen, I'm fair. Listen, I'm fair. But, true or not true, there is a female marijuana plant and there's a male marijuana plant. Mm -hmm. The male marijuana plant does nothing and the female plant does everything like uh, usually the way we, it is can we touch on this <laughs> sure sure so so enlighten me enlighten me so so traditionally what we think of as hemp flower what's traditionally called buds marijuana buds etc that is actually the um the the female of the plant and nice. so that is actually the flower of the mm -hmm. plant um and so the male's job the male plants is primarily to produce pollen mm -hmm. and that pollen then um yeah. would fertilize the female plant and that's where seeds would be generated so the term since amelia of course comes from it's a Spanish term meaning without seeds. So right. since Amelia in the in the traditional lore is marijuana plant without seeds. And so when we sell um, industrial hemp or CBD uh, flour, again that won't have any seeds in it, or or traditionally should not have seeds in it. It gotcha. should not have been pollinated. Gotcha. What is the the top question you get from people coming in? What are they looking for when they come in? Is it out of curiosity, or is it something specific they're coming in for, like arthritis, like um, anxiety, a digestive issue? Issues. Combination of all of the above. We have a lot of folks that come to us that don't know anything about CBD, but mm -hmm. they've heard about CBD either through the media, through their friends, through the family. They saw an article in a paper, uh, something to that effect. And they have a lot of questions. They want to know how it would help them. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have other folks that come in with specific ailments. And they, you know, and a lot of times folks will be very intimate with us and, and tell us, you know, I have this type of a pain or that type of a pain mm -hmm. and I'm seeking relief. And one of the things we have to be very cautious of in our industry is that we're not allowed to prescribe uh, CBD as a remedy uh, in, in the context of medicine. Right. So in other words, I can't say if you take this plant that it will heal you or I can't, you know, I can't, I can't say that if you take this that it'll, it'll fix you. Right. What we can say is, is things like, you know, based on anecdotal evidence or based on what our customer feedback is, uh, these types of products tend to help these types of ailments. So we have to be very careful or else we'll get in trouble with the right. FDA uh, because we're, we're not allowed to prescribe medicine at this point. But people come up with all kinds of questions. How is it extracted? I've, I've 
read some things about it. Was it like a CO2 process? Sure. So there's actually different extraction methods. Mm -hmm. um, and so the way that we get CBD, CBD oil, and this is a good example. So we take what's called the biomass of the plant. So this would be basically everything that is above uh, the ground, that grows above the ground. So mm -hmm. that would be the stems, the leaves, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, the female flowers, again, are going to be the ones that are going to have the highest concentration of CBD. What up, girls? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, take, uh, they take the biomass, they basically um, shred it, and then it's compressed. And so right. there's different extraction methods. One is called cold pressing, mm -hmm. and it's just what it sounds like. It's basically done at room temperature, so it's a, um, a high uh, hydraulic, uh, basically think of like a hydraulic jack or mm -hmm. a hydraulic press. Mm -hmm. It presses down on the um, biomass, and then the oil is extruded from it. There's also different types of extraction methods that use alcohol. So there's alcohol-based extractions. Mm -hmm. um, there's uh, traditionally like ethanol, so food-grade ethanol is one. Um, there's also carbon dioxide or CO2 extraction. So there's yeah. different ways that, this, that the CBD can be extracted from the hemp. And there's actually different stages of extraction. So the first stage of extraction, so in other words, when you, when you make the first pass or you do your first extraction, you have what's called full-spectrum hemp oil. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be the richest, darkest, kind of thickest oil. This is going to be, the, this is the oil that's going to have the most cannabinoids in it. So mm -hmm. it's going to have the most plant material. It's going to have some other constituent parts such as uh, flavonoids, terpenes, mm -hmm. and some other parts. It's going to have a very pungent, very cannabis smell and taste to it. Mm -hmm. um, the next step is you continue to uh, extract or continue to refine it. And this happens at different temperatures and things like that, different pressures. Mm -hmm. It's called fractionating. Mm -hmm. So you fractionate um, the oil off at different levels. And so the next level of fractionation or the next level of extraction uh, yields a product that's called broad spectrum. Mm -hmm. So at this point, your broad spectrum hemp oil has almost all of the THC removed from it, mm -hmm. if not all of it uh, co completely altogether. Many of the terpenes have been removed. A lot of the other cannabinoids have been removed as well. Um, so it's kind of the next step down from the full spectrum. Mm -hmm. Now you can take it one step further and actually reduce the CBD, CBD down to its, um, into, it, uh, into its crystalline form. And that's actually called isolate. And so isolate is literally just CBD. So think of it, it looks like rock salt or mm -hmm. like, uh, kind of like a, 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 a lumpy sugar. Almost. I don't know that I've seen that. And so, yeah. well, the great thing about both broad oh, spectrum and isolate based products <laughs> is, that, um, is that you can actually reconstitute these and, and add other things back to them. So say, for instance, you have somebody who uh, is uh, maybe subject to drug tests, maybe mm -hmm. law enforcement, think government agencies, corporate jobs, et cetera. So folks who might have to take drug tests and can't show up, uh, can't have any detectable level of THC mm -hmm. in their system. In that case, broad spectrum and isolate based products are wonderful for them because they can get the benefits of CBD without the THC present at mm -hmm. all. And when you get down to the isolate level, you can actually reconstitute that or uh, take that and add it to all kinds of other things. Um, you can add it to food stuff. You can actually add any of the um, any of the levels or any of the versions of the oils to food stuff. Mm -hmm. But with isolate, you can actually do things like add your own flavors back in. You can add the terpenes back in. So you can create custom cocktails. Mm -hmm. So we find that there are terpenes and terpenes are like organic molecules that have Think of them as like what gives scent or smell. Mm -hmm. A good example would be uh, there's a terpene that's found in the in the citrus plant called limonene, and that uh, is, is what gives oranges and grapefruits and lemons and limes their kind of citrusy smell. And we find that that may have a particular property. Maybe some terpenes are sedative properties. Maybe some terpenes have more of a euphoric or an uplifting property. So we can take that CBD isolate, and then we can reconstitute that and make, make a custom cocktail out of the different terpenes. And so we can actually produce a product that is geared more towards being awake, mm -hmm 
Mm -hmm. Another product is geared more towards being asleep, one that's good for relaxation, one that's good to go out and be social on, et cetera. So we can basically make custom cocktails with these different these different forms. So you, so you mentioned edibles. I know that there's been some, um, has there been some FDA things that's happened lately with the edibles? Or some, you, I know at one point there were, you know, stores were selling them, and then at one point they were not. Is, is that is that the case now? Or what, what's happening with the, with the whole edible? That's correct. Uh, so, so part of what's going on with CBD um, is that there is one patent that's currently been issued um, for a drug called Epidiolex. And Epidiolex is an anti-seizure medication mm -hmm. used to primarily treat, um, I believe, a, a series of what are called or what are known as pediatric seizures. So seizures that affect young children. They have been particularly um, successful in treating these seizures. And so, of course, the pharmaceutical company that... Um, created this product, patented it. And so what that meant is that any, um, so they're not, CBD is considered to be a drug and just CBD isolate. So when we talked about full spectrum, that's not in, that's not in context. And we talk mm -hmm. about broad spectrum, that's not in context. It's just the isolate. So you can't currently, you can't take the isolate and put it into food stuff because that's considered by the FDA as taking a drug and putting it into food stuff. And we're not allowed to do that. Interesting. So right now there's a lot of gray area as to what can and can't be added into food stuff. You can do it, but the FDA just does, they frown upon it. That's right. That's right. right. And so, I mean, the FDA frowns upon a lot. I, I used to work for a vape company. So trust me, I'm like, who are, who are these FDA people? Like, <laughs> it's just funny to me because I'm like, it's like they're the, the, the wizard behind the curtain. Yeah, you know, it's like, sure. but you know, so, but anyway, go ahead. So, so we've, uh, so, uh, so at our Cannabody store, we've actually been kind of um, uh, hesitant to carry a broad range of edibles because we're still waiting for guidance on the FDA. We're, we're waiting for a definitive ruling on what is allowed and what isn't allowed. And obviously we don't want to be selling products that at some point in the future we could potentially get in trouble for. Right. So talk to me about this. Like, so, so is that your goal is to have the FDA's approval? Because, you know, like a, as a female, you know, in like the whole diet world, nothing by the in the diet world is approved by the FDA. They're like basically like you're on your own. Mm -hmm. So is that a big goal in the CBD world is to have that uh, approval, quote unquote, I guess? Well, I think the goal is really to get clear definition from the FDA on what we can and can't do. And from there, the, the CBD <clears throat> industry will be able to determine how it's going to lay its, you know, its future course. So in other words, if they say that you simply can't add any any version, any any uh, derivative or any type of CBD to food stuff, then that's really black and white. That's really cut and dry mm -hmm. for right. us. But if they say, hey, you can't add uh, isolate to food stuff, but you can broad spectrum and full spectrum, then by golly, we'll make all kinds of broad spectrum right. and full spectrum products that mm -hmm. we can. So, yeah, Do you I think it's just a, such a new thing that they just don't know what to, how to regulate it? I think it's I, I think it's twofold. Obviously, I think there's some pharmaceutical interests um, that are at play here. Uh, and then I think that there is also just a lack of knowledge. And, and a lack of you know substantial um, research. Again, you know we've been under prohibition for ninety years, so the science just isn't there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just don't want to put their you know stamp of approval on it. So I'll give you an example. Earlier this year, I so my mom passed away about a year ago, and um, I got invited. All of her friends from Charlotte, they all went to high school here, and they were having they do a reunion every year, and so they invited me to come to this reunion. And one of the things that they all pulled me aside and said was they were like. Oh, we know that you do a lot of stuff with CBD. And they were like, you know, we're so curious because all of them were like, I have really bad neuropathy. Mm -hmm. I'm in so mm -hmm. much pain. I have yeah. arthritis. I'm in so much pain. But it was like, 
you know, they're a whole different generation than me and they, they'll do whatever their doctor says. Right. Do you realize what like these pain pills, they, I can remember my mom was so sick and she was just like, I want to get off the prescription yes. drugs. And she was like, please get me something else. I can't take any more Oxycontin. Yeah. I cannot take yeah. any more methadone. Yeah. And that was when it like kind of clicked in my mind, like we're in this like shift mm-hmm. of like drugs and like, but I couldn't believe these, these people that were like, they would do whatever their doctor yeah. said. Yeah. But I'm like, I just think once there's more research done on it mm-hmm. at some point in 20 years, we are going to look back like this was prohibition. Like this is yeah. so stupid. Yeah. Like how are yeah. we so dumb? And and they just don't want to say like we were wrong. So yeah, this is definitely a very exciting time to be in the cannabis yeah. space because uh, you know a lot of this is kind of to be written. Reading an article in Creative Loafing about a guy that was up in Asheville and he was like, you know, we've been working with law enforcement here. Like we don't want to do anything to jeopardize our businesses. You know, mm-hmm. we want to follow the law, but mm-hmm. it's so it's kind of so. I mean, it's not gray, but it's you know it's it's every day I feel like it's changing and different laws are changing. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I work for a liquor company. I work for Dixie Vodka. So a law that dates back to, I want to say the late 1800s says that you are not allowed to serve samples in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So that's why I drive down to Sauce Monkeys to Chuck Howard's liquor store in South Carolina on the weekends and do samplings because it's legal there. Mm -hmm. Like, I think these laws are so (laughs) out of date. I'm like, well, the person that will like change those laws, I mean, Mm -hmm. You know, we finally got being able to drink on a Sunday from noon to 10 a.m. Like, I think we need to legalize marijuana Mm -hmm. or, you know, I I just I think it's ridiculous. I mean, I almost think alcohol is a worse drug than marijuana. Yeah, it's definitely highly uh, a lot more addictive. Yeah, sure. sure. Christian, what do you think some of of the common misconceptions are between like CBD and people that are uh, automatically associated with smoking pot? <laughs> right, absolutely. Well, especially since it looks like, smells like, and tastes like the you know the real thing, quote unquote. So, yeah. so it's hard to differentiate the two. So I think um, you know there obviously is you know with the prohibition there was a lot of reefer madness. There was a lot of negative mm-hmm. stigma associated with the cannabis plant in general. And uh, really, until recently, there wasn't much of a delineation made between what we call marijuana, which again is the high THC uh, uh, variety, and then industrial hemp, or we just call it CBD, mm-hmm. which of course is the low THC version. Um, so there hasn't, you know, historically there hasn't been a lot of delineation between the two. So there still are a lot of folks that are really misinformed over mm-hmm. what CBD is and how it's different from marijuana. Um, and I think a lot of folks still kind of lop the two together. They see it and it looks just like marijuana. And so they immediately go to that place of, oh, this is a dirty drug because mm-hmm. that's what I've been told my whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, it's just like uh, I was looking, so I'm a big Willie Nelson fan. And so, hey, if anybody knows anything about no pain, I think it's Willie Nelson. <laughs> right. So he's got his whole line yes and um so i've had a couple of my parents it's so funny to me that my parents friends reach out to me because like say (laughs) i i have just it's never pot's never really done anything for me except make me like probably gain 10 pounds because i like to eat but then (laughs) there's there's certain people that i know that are super hyper and they Mm -hmm. smoke and it makes them functioning and normal um but yeah willie's got his own line called willie's remedy and um i've looked into that because i've had a lot of people say you know i have got 
if you don't know what neuropathy is, neuropathy is like your foot falling asleep and being on fire Mm -hmm. for hours Mm -hmm. and hours and just not being able to get any relief. And I'm like, oh my God, I couldn't even like, I mean, could you imagine that? That's crazy. No, I couldn't. And they're like, you know, I drink or I do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And they're like, the only thing that makes it feel better Mm -hmm. is CBD. Yeah. And whether it's a topical cream or they're taking, you know, edibles or they're, you know, smoking something. But I've even had some conversations with some uh, like upper law enforcement officials that um, obviously are supposed to be because it's law against you know marijuana they're like look it's gonna it's just a matter of time and it's probably gonna be a lot sooner than what, than what, what we think that this is gonna go yeah. so you know it, w- with that being said let's it's just let's say in six months uh, uh, it gets a federal it gets passed federally and then down mm-hmm. to the state and now you can have a dispensary selling uh, marijuana how do you think that's gonna affect CBD well, that's an interesting question. Um, for us, for uh, what our vision of the future is, is that we think that CBD will still be popular, and we think that CBD will still be in demand. I mean, do you think people will, will separate? Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not about. I don't care to smoke to smoke mar- you know, THC marijuana, mm-hmm. but I, but CBD is doing, is doing just what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it, even though it will look the same, smell the same, right. and, and have the same you know kind of a I Absolutely. guess perception. Absolutely. So, yeah, so we recently visited. We did a, what I call a whirlwind tour of um, of uh, 14 dispensaries in a day and a half. Uh, my business partner Whew, and I, busy and, man. And, 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 uh, no, no, just just <laughs> for the record, right? Just <laughs> just for the record, we didn't imbibe at every one of them because I probably wouldn't have made it uh, past the third dispensary. <laughs> um, but uh, the evening in the hotel room was uh, was was a was a pleasure. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I digress. So, but one of the things that we saw one of the things that we saw out there, specifically in the dispensaries in, Col- in the Colorado, uh, sorry, in the Denver area, was that um, there, the demand for high CBD products was ever increasing. And so, um, what we're seeing out there is that folks enjoy their their marijuana, so they enjoy you know the the high from THC, but they're not getting that medicinal benefit of CBD and the other mm-hmm. cannabinoids. And so they're demanding or looking for high CBD strains. So what I was talking about earlier, where we have these high THC, low CBD strains, they're actually looking for um, closer ratios, as they call them, it's like a one-to-one, where you might have 10% CBD and 10% THC. So those kinds of strains are starting to become more popular. Hmm. So I'm gonna speak for the people like me that want you to speak in layman's terms. I mean, so there's just, there's those people that are like, just fuck me up, I'm in pain, like mm-hmm. I don't care. So. What is the difference between high CBD and high THC? I mean, obviously one has a hallucinogenic in it, mm-hmm. and then the CB, the higher the CBD is, it's more for pain. Sure. So, um, and I think the the word we like to use is um, psychoactive versus hallucinogenic. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hallucinogenic. You is know, that think, a pony over there? <laughs> think, uh, exactly. think, think maybe magic mushrooms or LSD or various and sundry other um, hallucinogenic. Uh, so, so THC traditionally is not considered to be hallucinogenic, but more more psychoactive, so, so the, and again, that's what gives you the high. Um, but the the medicinal properties of CBD, and again, that's the main cannabinoid that we're talking about. That's the main cannabinoid that uh, is popular in the media right now. But there are other cannabinoids as well, like CBG and CBN, that all have promise. And basically, what we're finding is that the way that these cannabinoids work is that at lower dosages, um, they are really effective for anti-anxiety, mm-hmm. so relieving anxiety, anti-stress, so relieving stress. Works like a charm. Once once you get up into the higher 
higher dosages, that's when we start to see uh, uh, benefits for uh, pain, for inflammation, mm-hmm. for neuropathy, things like that. Um, we have folks that come in and tell us that, you know, that they use CBD for menstrual cramps, they mm-hmm. use CBD for the GI. Patches, those patches are amazing. We have transdermal patches yeah. that you wear all day, just like a, in the, in just like a traditional yeah. uh, transdermal patch, and it gives you a constant release of, of the medicine into your body. So um, there's topicals, there's lotions, there's you know thinner kind of topicals that you would use to rub in that are like lotions that you can't really detect. There's thicker topicals that are like salves that you might put on your knee or, or an, another problem area if you're sitting down at the end of the day. Right. Um, and then of course there's a variety of different oral methods as well. Right. So yeah, I, like I mean I've been methods. I've been a big CBD fan. Like so when we got done with Hops and Hogs mm-hmm. on Saturday. Um, it, we had been out there for probably 12 hours. So that, that night I got home, yeah. took a shower. I rubbed my entire body. I had like a topical CBD lotion. Mm-hmm. And I even had like a topical vegan free like like oil to put on my face. And the next oh, day nice. I got up and my girlfriend came over and she was like, you smell like Snoop Dogg. Like what have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I'm in a lot, I was in a lot of pain. And then I just put this all over me. But um, the, the number one question that I get with a lot of people is, you know, it's like they don't want to do anything that like is frowned upon it's like mm-hmm. if a doctor prescribes it it's okay mm-hmm. but if they're like oh i don't want to get high like i don't mm-hmm. want to do anything but i'm in a lot of pain their biggest question is how much do you take and mm-hmm. i'm like and what i found is you know i go to a shop over um up in uptown it's called the wellington mm-hmm. um and they they have anything from i've tried to get away from taking aspirin and mm-hmm. tylenol mm-hmm. um just because i found i was taking so much of it so i i would go over there and buy like these um like lozenges uh, lozenges that they have like for a couple you play a couple of bucks and I would find you know oh my god my my headache's gone mm-hmm. or um, people that's what they're, they're they're confused on well how do you know how much to take and I basically have said you know I don't think you can overdose on this if anything you're gonna eat a pizza and fall asleep mm-hmm. or that maybe that's just me maybe you just fall asleep I don't know but I was like I need pizza that's so a good I, question yeah because that, that is one that I had too when I first started I was like how much is too much is there too much is there too little I mean what do you do so so uh, the the best science that we have right now tells us that there's not necessarily an upper limit to how much CBD you can take so in other words you can't really overdose on CBD right, yeah. you'll, you'll just fall asleep right yeah, yeah you'll basically. just get in such a relaxed state that you right. basically are just going to fall asleep you not, might drool on yourself not, not pass out <laughs> okay. not pass out but just kind of slowly drift off to sleep so um, but it's uh, but you know as far as you might um, look like a basset hound <laughs> that's okay yeah there's, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that um, so so the advice that we give um, the, the folks that come visit us our customers is that um, you know start low and go slow that's what she said that's <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, you know, hearing it in that context. Uh, Wait, start low and go slow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, blooper. So, so that meaning that, so basically what that translates into is that, uh, so you, you, you want to start at a lower dosage. And so let's use um, the oral method, for instance, which is, uh, <laughs> there we go. So the sublingual oil is a popular, um, ingestion method. And so these are the drops that you're going to drop under, under your, your tongue, tongue mm-hmm. right? Because when you drop them under your t- so I've heard like the bottom of your feet and under your tongue is the fastest way so, to get into your system. So the fastest way is actually through a suppository. Oh, okay. uh, well, so I hadn't heard that one yet. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, so that's actually the you know, fastest, I have. That's all for Hello. you. <laughs> so, so that's actually the fastest way to get into your system. Hey, that's all is for 
that what you like brought you. in the goodie bag? <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I, I did not bring any of those, but <laughs> I, here's, your, here's your suppositories <laughs> right here. This is just like me with drinking. I'm like, why well, drink beer when you can drink liquor? Let's just get there. You know, one of the great things you about... All in the name of research. One of the great things about being a cannabis company is that, is that folks love to send us samples, and I'm still looking for somebody. I have samples of suppositories at home that uh, we haven't actually found. Wow, you found your cannabis. No, I was going to say, today's we, your lucky day. Today's Jenna, my lucky Jenna day. Step up. So, uh, but, can I bring this on the plane to London? <laughs> you could sneak the bitch. You know what? Man, what you would, you would find would somebody on the plane like, listen, you can't smoke on the plane and you can't do anything else, but I got a suppository. <laughs> That's right. You go take off to the lavatory, come right Fuck back. snakes on a plane. You're going to have a good <laughs> fucking flight. That's right. Absolutely. You'll be real relaxed. You'll be real mellow. Um, oh, so, but, uh, so, so the second fastest. Don't eat that. <laughs> so the second fastest delivery method is actually what's called buckley. So that's going to be between your cheek and your gum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the third math, uh, the third fastest method is okay. sublingually. So that's underneath your, your tongue. That's and actually then, faster than smoking it? Well, actually, no, you're, I'm sorry. I stand corrected. The fastest way to do it would be to smoke it. Okay. And then the second fastest would be the, rectally. And, okay, the, okay, and then okay. the third fastest would be I was waiting for to see where that fell in line. So. <laughs> that, that is the fastest method, actually. I misspoke on that. Thanks gotcha. for the correction there. Stick um, it in your mouth or stick it in your mouth? So wait, so it's the bottom of your feet. So I've heard like with the doTERRA oils and sure. stuff, like we do a lot of stuff um, on the bottom of your feet. Um, I mean, is it really a conversation? Do you want to put this in your ass or on the bottom of your foot? <laughs> I mean, it's your choice. The, 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 the choice Live is yours. Um, actually, any venous area is what is what we say. So, uh, so think on the inside of your yeah. wrist, right. um, the top of your feet, the bottom of your feet would work as well. Um, so that's going to get it into your bloodstream. And, and the transdermal method is actually uh, the, the, the next fastest one in the list. But the one that takes the longest is going to be orally. So it has to go through your whole digestive good, system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then it transfers into the blood through the stomach. Why? is that like I've always heard with vitamins and stuff I think my dad used to take like a heart medicine and the doctor mm-hmm. would tell him to put it under his tongue mm-hmm. and it would go into your system it goes straight into your bloodstream under your tongue because if, if you actually look under your tongue you have two large I believe they're arteries I've never looked are, under my yeah. tongue yeah there's two large arteries <laughs> underneath there I'm surprised um, what you find under there <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so it's a, that, that's definitely a pretty quick way to get it into your system so back to the um, the sublingual oil so you know you would put a couple of drops under your tongue and you would hold it for 30 seconds 30 to 60 seconds um, the best advice is to not eat 30 minutes before or 30 minutes after. Hmm. Uh, however, personally, in the mornings, I take a dropper full of my slow or sublingual oil, as it's called, um, and I uh, chase it with my coffee, and I have no problems at getting, yeah. uh, you know, getting epic, how, epic how long does that effect take? Or so that takes about to... 30 to 45 minutes for okay. me. So it's uh, so it's something I feel, um, I can usually feel it a little quicker, uh-huh. um, maybe 20 to 30 minutes, but what I notice, like for instance, for me personally, I carry stress and anxiety in my chest. I can actually right. feel yeah. that weight, that pressure, almost like someone's putting their hands and pushing down right. on my chest. After I've taken a dose of CBD, probably about 45 minutes later, it feels like that that pressure has been lifted. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like I've done a, a series of, ch- of, of stretches that have opened up the chest. I can mm-hmm. feel like I could breathe better. I can take deeper breaths. Mm-hmm. I just have this more relaxed state, almost like my whole skeleton is, is, is right. in a more relaxed state. Yeah, I had a lot of people, so when I first started my job, like uh, I started working on an architect firm about eight months ago, and I was really, I was really into the CBD stuff, and I remember talking to one of the guys, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm, I've been taking this stuff to manage my stress. Like, I've just been so like, I can't. I feel like I have 
a weight on my chest mm -hmm. and I was like but I'm not getting high but it's mm -hmm. like it's almost like doing a shot of liquor and it just knocking the edge off mm -hmm. but then n not doing not drinking anymore but it yeah, just like yeah. it's the easiest way to explain it. I mean CBD has helped me so much with stress and anxiety in oh, the past yeah. year yeah. Um, so yeah I can't say enough good things about it I mean it's like uh, if it was if it was uh, with THC I would not I can't function I, I can't either I'll be honest with you like I used to smoke pot like crazy when I was a kid growing sure. up even into my much mid-20s and it got to a point to where um, it went from being fun to being paranoid as a motherfucker yeah mm -hmm. absolutely and yeah. um and and I and I work when I was you know a lot of people say oh man I can focus better you know when I'm when I'm when I'm high <clears throat> and maybe you can depending on what kind of job you're doing but well, but to me I'm so busy and I'm so like fast 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 let's get it done and I've got like nine things going on at one time and I work you know all day long and well into the night that I got to a point where it dwindled down to where the only time I enjoyed being high is if I was driving a vehicle. <laughs> which is fucked that up. sounds like a genius someone, idea. Someone's scary. No, I mean, like, I mean, like a like a road trip. Like just you know, you right. know yeah. I, smoke, sure, sure. I smoke a joint and I go on a road trip. And I, now I can't even like I can't even think about leaving my fucking house. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone's well, watching me because everybody knows you're high, right? Oh, yeah, I, mean, I feel like everyone's looking at me like that dude is fried. I think it depends so, on what you're looking for. Like you see these kids. Like oh, I have a brother who has like ADHD or he has something. I don't know, but I can remember specifically being around him and being like, please get high because he's so high strung. And it's like you see these kids on um, like Dateline or 48 Hours and they're mm -hmm. like, you know, this child needs X, Y, and Z to, you know, not be in this like contorted state where they can't um, communicate with mm -hmm. their parents. Mm -hmm. But here they, they take the CBD and then it's like they don't have these seizures or mm -hmm. they don't, I mean like, Brandon, yeah. you've got twins. If your child, if your child needed something to make them not in pain and not hurt, it wouldn't matter if it was legal or not. Or not. You would do whatever you could do oh, yeah. for your child. I mean, oh, yeah. I feel so bad for these people that yeah. have to deal with that. Their children mm -hmm. having, you know, mm -hmm. seizures and yeah. being... It definitely works. Well, I, I started uh, just in the last year smoking CBD just because I was like with my job and the stress level mm -hmm. and like, you know, so many projects and things going on at one time. I'm and you like, don't have time to be hungover. I don't, don't want to be, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't go out and do benders. I don't drink a whole lot. When I do, I drink wine at home, but I don't like, I don't go out and get hammered. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, uh, and I certainly can't do it smoking like marijuana mm -hmm. and because I've had too much work to do and I, and I can't focus. Like I get, I get completely freaked out and, and, and paranoid. Mm -hmm. So for me, like that option alternative was, was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to try smoking CBD. I, I need to do something to take the edge off. Mm -hmm. And that has been, it's been wonders, oh, absolute yeah. wonders for me. Like getting home, I'm so wound up from a day. Like even when I get home, like, all right, <laughs> I've got to like, I've got to come to fuck down here so yeah. I can actually go to sleep. So and that's, actually, that's my, that's what I use it for. I actually smoked half a pre-roll before I came here just because I knew I would Beautiful. be a little bit nervous. I see uh, this little you know, goodie bag you got over yeah, here. Maybe, yeah. maybe we take a break and then yeah. we come back and talk about all these little samples we've got in this bag. Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to say though. This stuff has helped me so much with my sleep. I have mm. had Yeah, really, my sleep has been fantastic I've had a lately. ton of surgery for like sleep apnea. Like mm -hmm. I've had, yep. I had uh, I had a deviated septum. Mm -hmm. I've had Same. my uvula, my throat cut out just because I have really bad breathing, sleep problems. Mm -hmm. This stuff has helped me. I feel like I sleep like a rock now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I take, do you all have any kind of, um, I know I've gotten a sample before of um, CBD mints that like you get hmm. like nighttime mints or something you can take to help you like sleep. Girl, see, there you go. Yeah. I hit it. Sorry. <laughs> we, we don't currently carry one. We're actually evaluating a couple different options right now. So mm -hmm. one of the big things that we're, that we're, one of the things we're really big on at Cannabody, obviously in addition to supporting our North Carolina and South Carolina producer is finding products that are free of artificial color 
colors, mm-hmm. flavorings, dyes, sugar, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> and we're having a real hard time right now finding gummies and mints and gums that aren't full of artificial flavors and colors. Oh, that's a good point. So, so that's something yeah. that we're, we're on the look for. So, Is it uh, the gelatin that's in this? Because I know like a lot of vegans and stuff will not take Altoids because mm-hmm. of the gelatin. Is that the same thing with That's gummies? one of the issues. But then, I mean, very, very commonly we'll find in gummies that they're just full of like artificial colors like red 40 and mm-hmm. blue 50. Well, why do you need that? Just for like advertising purposes? Well, no, it's no, it's just it's it's consumer preference. So if if you make a gummy out of if you just use natural uh, colors, the, the 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 color of the gummy would just, you know, in the, in the cannabis state, it's going to be kind of this green color. And, you know, our, our products have to have nice um, shelf presentation. <laughs> it's got to look, it's got to look, you have to make it look like a pinwheel from have, Little Debbie. Have a gummy that doesn't look or looks like a nasty flavor, like a weird jelly bean, you're not going to want it. But right, you know, something right. red and that's looks true. Because I mean, if you go buy gummies, they're red and green. And this needs to be pink, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, let's take a break yes. and uh, we'll come back and uh, it'll be sample time. That's right. Woo. That's right. And we'll talk more about CBD with Christian from Cannabuddy. It's a QC confessional podcast on RadioCharlotte.com. I mean, they, did you ever look at a dollar bill, man? Y'all crazy, bitch. There's some spooky stuff going on on a dollar bill, man. Radio Charlotte. And it's green, too. All right. We are back, and we're talking with Christian from Cannabuddy. You can check him out all across the social media platforms, My Cannabuddy, so look him up. And we're getting educated here, learning about all the medicinal properties and benefits of CBD, a lot of stuff I have not known. Yeah, this is some good stuff, though, you know? Um I love uh, supporting the farmers of North Carolina. I do mm-hmm. it with my oh, yeah. drinking and with my smoking. Well, I noticed that when I went into Cannabuddy that you have the, the emblems of all the farms that you that you oh, pull nice. from, uh, yeah. you know, like plastered on the wall there. And maybe it's somewhere else in the store, too. But that's the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh, that's cool. It's like all locally sourced and um, that's correct. And, you yep. know, and so used. How, so I do like to ask just because, you know, people can say, oh, I support, you know, blah, blah, blah. D- did you personally pick these farms? How do these how did sure. you make these relationships with these farmers? Sure. Yeah. So those are those are some great questions. So we'll when we set out to figure out who we wanted to partner with, we decided to start with as many of the North Carolina and South Carolina uh, producers as possible. Mm-hmm. So we have identified a couple of farms in North, or several farms in North Carolina, several farms in South Carolina, and we've actually personally visited these farms. So we actually go out and we see what their operations look like. We see, you know, the hemp growing in the fields. We see what their harvesting techniques are. Um, some folks have extraction and manufacturing facilities on site as well. We check those out as well. So I'm gonna, I always say layman's terms because people told me not to say not like I'm a blonde but I am because people will say well what so so it's it's not Lee or is it Lee I mean are these like fields out in like a field when you're driving down 74 to Wilmington or are these in greenhouses or like give me a visual so that some of both some of both so what so in most of these cases these are uh, historically tobacco farms so there are a lot of x-generation farms so we've actually spoke to somebody who was a fifth generation farmer so Mm -hmm. this farm has been in their family for five generations Um, they've traditionally grown tobacco, soybeans, corn, other types of agricultural crops. And uh, what's happened is we're all aware with tobacco is that the demand for tobacco has gone down significantly. And we actually talked to one of our uh, North Carolina producers and they were telling us about how their um, their uh, futures, if you will, uh, their, their uh, pre-purchases for tobacco get cut in half every year. So they started to farm, they started to replace the tobacco crops with hemp. And a lot of the equipment is the same. You can take a lot of the equipment and you can actually do slight modifications to it to basically have your tobacco equipment work with 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 him. Mm-hmm. So the great thing that we're seeing across the 
North Carolina and South Carolina area, as well as really nationwide, is that a lot of these beleaguered uh, tobacco farmers are, are turning towards hemp as a replacement good. crop. Yeah, God, I didn't even think about that. You know, mm-hmm. North Carolina, I remember when they started banning smoking in bars, and I'm like, how can they do that? I'm not mm-hmm. even a smoker, but I'm like, how can they do that? You know, that's how those, that's our cash crop. Yeah. Well, a lot of those uh, farmers went to so- soybean for, mm-hmm. for, you know, for, for, for a large majority, I guess, and then I could, but that was before CBD kind of came around. So right. It's kind of, uh, I guess, the, the next, you know, grow. It is, and the great thing with hemp is that, so you can grow this, so from the same crop, you can harvest all of the buds, again, all the colas, or what you kind of traditionally think of as a marijuana bud, so we call it hemp flower. Mm-hmm. So they can harvest all of those, and then, you know, trim those and sell those as smokable hemp flower, in other words, what we just partook in a little while ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and then all the rest of the plant can be ground up and used as biomass, and then mm-hmm. that biomass can then be used for extraction, for the oils and things like that. It can also be used for other things. It can even be used for silage uh, to feed um, pigs and things like that. So the so the hemp crops, so they pretty much use everything that they can above the ground. And it's my understanding that they're not finding uses even for uh, the rhizomes and for the roots of the cannabis crop as well. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we, it's like every part gets used. Um, yeah, that's awesome that you guys are, are supporting the Carolina farmers. We, we love that. Yeah, we visited a farm uh, down in Carthage, North Carolina, um, and they have about 150. No, I'm sorry, 1,500, no, 150 acres of hemp growing. And so it's it's literally, you know, cannabis plants as far as the eye can see. Mm-hmm. And it's all grown like a traditional crop. So it's done in rows. They have machines that, you know, till the beds. That so it's out raise. in the open. It's not a greenhouse. It's out in the open, yeah. So a lot of what's done in North Carolina is done, is done out in the open. Um, we actually have a very good growing season here. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times the, uh, the, the seeds or the clones are started indoors. So either indoors or in a greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do see a lot of, uh, a lot of the plants get started in the greenhouse and they get moved outside um, there's some that are done entirely inside we have uh, a Charlotte producer that actually does everything indoors so it's 100% mm-hmm. indoor 100% organic and it's all done hydroponically mm-hmm. um, in this particular um, setup uh, this particular company they started out in microgreens so think lettuces and sprouts and things like that and they started feathering in hemp as a crop mm-hmm. and then over time realized that it was you know more profitable than mm-hmm. doing microgreens and so then now they switched over to that entirely so when you go to a farmer hmm and you decide to use their product, mm-hmm. are you packaging or like, how, what's, the, what's the process from, okay, here's the plant, it's, it's harvested, it's finished, um, to get to you to get to the shelves? Sure, so that's actually what we call the seed to sale life cycle or the seed to shelf life, life cycle. And so what's interesting is that, as a quick sidebar, in the legal states, um, most of, and so think, you know, again, California, Colorado, Washington State, et cetera. So since they're very heavily regulated at the state level, they are they have a regulatory um, uh, process or scheme in place that basically uh, covers the life cycle of the hemp plant, or of, in this case of the marijuana plant, from the time it's either a clone or a seed, all the way to the, uh, to the point where it's sold mm-hmm. and so it's tracked all along the way you know, digitally and so all this information has to be reported up to these state reporting systems mm-hmm. for instance the one in Colorado is called metric M-E-T-R-C and I forget off the top of my head what the acronym stands for but kind of think of it like Big Brother right so everything right. that you do in your shop has to be reported to them in real time um, so for instance all of your uh, 24 by 7 streaming of every square inch of your property has to take place and mm-hmm. again this kind of goes up to metric because mm-hmm. it's very very heavily regulated mm-hmm. so that 
that allows them to have very good quality control over every aspect of the life cycle of something that's being grown and then sold to a consumer. So although in the hemp space, we're not currently required to follow that process at all, we at Cannabody actually have uh, adopted those own processes ourselves. So we're actually using the same software, we're using the same access controls and things like that, which we'll talk about in a bit um, for, our, for our store, for our dispensary, because we want to mimic and model what they're doing in the legal state. So when we go to meet one of our producers, one of our farmers, we kind of ask them the same questions that we would ask somebody if we were going to partner with them for marijuana. So that would be, you know, tell us about, you know, where does your seed come from? What are your, what are your farming practices? Do you use pesticides? And, you know, what do you do for weed control? What do you do for pest control? Do you follow organic standards, et cetera? So we, we, we ask these questions and then we actually go out to the field and actually see this in action. We actually mm-hmm. see them working out there and get to know them a little bit better and get to know their product. Um, but then to answer your question, so currently Cannabody does not offer our own brand of products. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not currently producing our own. We're not currently growing our own cannabis. We're not currently doing our own extraction or doing our own manufacturing. It is something that we're looking into and it was something we're probably going to be doing in the future. Right now we're focused on, on opening up a series of retail locations so that we can get the brand name out so that we mm-hmm. can have a retail footprint, uh, footprint established. And right now we like to kind of use the term, let the experts do what they do best. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we partner with folks that produce the high end, the high quality goods that we decide to carry in our store. So, so those, those farmers are actually producing the, uh, you know, they're going through the process and producing the oils and, produ- and ext- extracting all the, the, the products from the plant. And, it depends. And then uh, selling it to you and your Sure, sure. Okay. So, so, so sort of a combination of the above. So we have some instances where the farmers will, will literally just grow the crops and then they'll hand them off to somebody that will take them and then do the extraction. Mm-hmm. And then with that oil or that isolate, they'll then maybe hand it off to somebody else who will do the manufacturing of that product. Gotcha. Okay. And so, um, and we also partner with uh, several large nationwide or nationally recognizable brands because there's not a lot of, uh, there's not enough in North and South Carolina right now to stock our shelves. So fast forward five years from now, or maybe even a couple of years from now, we hope to almost carry exclusively North and South Carolina mm-hmm. brands. But right now, the industry just isn't mature enough yet. So we're still such a very nascent industry that we're trying to play catch up here. So gotcha. They're doing, they're fighting a little bit with the, the state right now in Raleigh. It's been in the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the, the farmers in North Carolina. What's going on with that? I haven't seen an update or sure explain that to everybody. Sure. So there's um, uh, SB 315, which is the Senate Bill 315, and so that's actually what is the annual Farm Act for North. Carolina. So mm-hmm. each year, the um, uh, the North Carolina legislative body gets together and they uh, enact legis- legislation. And this particular piece of legislation uh, deals with a lot of things not related necessarily to hemp. Um, but then what happened is that, so the bill originated in the Senate. And then when the bill got to the House for review, the House decided to add some amendments to basically do what's called a, a ban on smokable hemp. Mm-hmm. So the problem that they claim is that law enforcement, and this is a valid claim, Mm-hmm. Law enforcement right now can't tell the difference between marijuana and hemp. I can see that. And so mm-hmm. on a roadside, you know, there's so so say for instance they pull somebody over and they're trying to find out if they have probable cause to search the car. Well, traditionally they've used the smell or the presence of the smell of marijuana or the presence of marijuana to be probable cause to be able to search the car. And oftentimes they'll find things in the trunk, contraband, guns, we think weapons, you know, larger quantities of, of illicit substances, etc. And so the argument that they're making or the case that they're making is that if we uh, allow smokable hemp into the marketplace, as we have already, we have essentially done a de facto legalization of marijuana since 
uh, law enforcement can't tell the difference on a roadside between marijuana and hemp, they've lost the ability to have that probable cause. And that's causing a lot of consternation. Now, that's what we're being told by the upper echelon of law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Now, when we talk, and we have had many conversations with, uh, we call them the feet on the street, right? So the folks that are actually, the law enforcement officers are the ones that are actually on the street that are actually dealing with this type of activity. They say, first and foremost, they have no interest in cannabis. They Mm -hmm. have no interest in marijuana. They have too many real crimes Mm -hmm. to solve. Oh, my please. They lock people up for longer for having a joint on them than murdering somebody. That's Mm -hmm. complete bullshit. Well, I, I mean, and that thing, that's what infuriates me. I'm like, there, here's a person sitting in jail. They get, you know, 60 years mm-hmm. for having weed on them. And then here's a person that's actually like stabbed somebody 65 times, right. but they get off because of, you know, pleading insanity. I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> well, I hear you. I hear you. And again, you know, some of the, you know, not everybody, not everybody in law enforcement has the same story, but the, but the officers <laughs> that we've spoken to uh, directly have, have told us that, that that's their stand on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I would have gotten pulled last night because I was wearing a locally made serum made with cannabis and I was told that I smelled like Snoop Dogg and I'm like, listen, I'm just trying not to get wrinkles, okay? But yeah, I mean, uh, that sounds like a them problem. They need to work that out. But Where is it now? What's going on? Is sure. it, are they still working through the whole thing? Or? Sure. So, so the last, uh, so the last update is is that the the bill left the house uh, mm-hmm. with the amendment that they put in place there, um, and uh, the amendment was to enact the smokable hemp ban. I believe it was in December of this year, so December mm-hmm. of 2019. Um, and then there was some back and forth on on which date they would use. They was maybe they would use December 2020, et cetera. So it went back to the Senate, and the Senate outright struck down the amendment. They said, okay. we will not oh, pass any version of this bill that has the smokable hemp <coughs> ban in it. So that's the last we've heard. Now, things change on a daily basis in True. Raleigh. They really do. Um, we don't know what's currently happening. Well, the last we heard was that the senator that wrote the legislation was currently in dialogue with law enforcement officials mm-hmm. to figure out a resolution that was uh, amicable. We were actually having both an, sides. Uh, an event um, at the venue that uh, we, we had a CBD sponsor uh, and a vendor come out for our 420 fest. Yeah. The, you know, perfect place, right? Gee, what so, do you think we're doing? Yeah, so um, so and, and that was great. And we were going to have them come out for another event, and they were like, "Man, I'll be honest with you, every personnel that we have available to spare, it, it, I guess something was happening in Raleigh that weekend, mm. and uh, it was like the week. I think it was August twenty fourth, fifth, sixth, or something like that. Like we're all up here lobbying against something that's that they're they're trying to pass or for something, and mm-hmm. like everybody that was you know if they weren't operating the store and owning if they didn't shut their store down to go do this, they were all in Raleigh for some some event that was happening that weekend. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that that had that they struck that down. So that's good to know. Yeah. Well, and too, like a lot of things that have gotten me, like I'll get worked up about it because um, the, the, the laws are set, like you say, they change every day. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember seeing um, maybe, maybe earlier this year, it was uh, a couple of women. I want to say that they were grandmothers and they were, I think I'm pretty sure it was uh, CBD. They were smoking pens and they were using it for arthritis mm-hmm. or for, mm-hmm. for pain. And I guess wherever they bought it, maybe it was in Colorado or or whatever and they were going to Florida or whatever and they got to TSA at the airport mm-hmm. and then these grandmothers you know these 60 year old women that you know whatever they were getting arrested for wow. traveling with wow. you know contraband or whatever and it was like um it, it just fired me up because these poor women that just didn't know like you know there's always the argument of like okay so hey I bought this say I'm a trucker and I'm in Denver mm-hmm. and 
and I legally purchase this product and I'm a trucker hauling stuff to, you know, North Carolina and I'm crossing state lines and say I get pulled in Tennessee. Well, what is the law on that? Like if you're traveling and I've legally purchased it in Denver, I'm traveling to North Carolina Still illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So since marijuana is still illegal at the federal level, if you leave the state that it's legal in, that substance essentially becomes illegal. Mm-hmm. And so you can't travel from state to state with it. Well, that's just bullshit. Yeah. So we, we were... Uh, I tend to agree. I'm a grown-ass adult. I work. You know, I pay my taxes. I, you know, you know whatever. I, I want to I research this. And, you know, I, I told you I said that earlier this is, you know, a turning point. Well, you know, I do a lot of stuff with the Panthers. And so earlier this year, I got invited to come and do Ron Rivera's uh, Bolapalooza that he does where he gives back to the children. And when I knew that, hey, this is about to be the pivotal shift, it was when a CBD company was sponsoring the event. Mm -hmm. And then I found out like the NFL was getting involved. Mm -hmm. And then I saw Ron Gronkowski or however the hell you say his name, whatever. Uh, you know, he's jumping around talking about, I've been in pain for years. And so it's kind of like the FDA. It's like, they don't want to put their name on it and they don't want to, um, I don't want to say necessarily be associated with it, but when you have these people, even Steve Smith just had Mm -hmm. something come out. Him and Jonathan Stewart. Yeah. They're both like, I mean, these guys are like, you know, in pain. I think you just get so used to being in the pain. You don't know what it's like to not be in pain. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, tolerance raises, but you're still right there. And uh, so, you know, they've all been kind of behind it. So it's like when you get big companies like that Mm -hmm. saying, uh, you know, we're behind this. We support it. I mean, there's so much stuff that's not regulated by the FDA. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, working for a vape company, I worked for a vape company for about a year that was out of Amsterdam. And uh, we had these scientists that were so smart and they would go to, they would be like, we're going up to the FDA. And, and like, to me, I pictured it like the wizard at the Wizard of Oz. And I'm like, oh my God, like, are we going to get approved? Like, what's going to happen? You know, and so much shit here did not get approved. And we got mm-hmm. bought out by a company in Germany. And it's just like, I just think that the, the FDA, like I don't even care if it's by the FDA like Mm -hmm. I'm like who who are they look at the stuff that's been approved they approved Cheetos and Fruit Loops really like okay over the counter medications like Advil ibuprofen you know there are a lot of people out there that do have does have the arthritis the aches and pains it's an anti-inflammatory so people take that you cannot take it every day it will make your stomach bleed it'll eat your stomach yeah there's so many negative side effects for things that have been approved by the FDA they have no idea that this here also has the anti-inflammatory well, characteristics th- that can do the same thing, probably better than if you're eating uh, Advil by the handful. Absolutely. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of athletes, um, like, you're, like you were talking about, a lot of athletes are starting to endorse CBD uh, and CBD-type products in general. Um, and we're also seeing a big um, uh, interest in the hockey uh, uh, mm. area right now. And so uh, what we're seeing is that... Um, so if you can kind of follow the thought process for a minute. So the idea is that if you can take something that will reduce inflammation, and so think for a minute your brain. So if you can reduce the inflammation in your brain, if you get hit hard in hockey in the head, you actually have less chance of your brain hitting the side of your skull and causing a concussion. And so uh, we're seeing a lot of NFL, I'm sorry, NHL athletes take, and also at the, um, and I don't know exactly what the sports levels are, but the, the, the non-pro 
levels of hockey um, or t- take CBD uh, before the game and that actually reduces the inflammation and reduces the swelling in their whole body so that when they take a hit the impact from the hit is not as great right, so, so it basically diminishes wow. the impact of the hit of the yeah hit, I mean so. you, you talk about people like uh, uh, Aaron Hernandez whose brain was like donated to science after he committed suicide and saying how many concussions that he had mm. and I mean I, did you watch that Dateline special no dude watch that Dateline it's, it's crazy because this kid had I won't, I'm not going to get into it, but he had everything. But studying his brain and saying, you know, how much he had been hit in football, mm-hmm. and and the amount of concussions that he had had, and like, you know, even looking at like Luke Keekley, like how many has he had? Like he he's had a few. He's yeah. had quite a few. Where it's like, you know, I don't even I, I don't even play sports anymore. Right. But I'm like, I couldn't imagine. I mean, hell, I stood around at a music festival and drank for 12 hours the other day. I could barely move on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I just like it was like Sunday. I was like, I'm rubbing my whole body and in it CBD. Gets harder and harder each year. Yeah, dude. I, like got out there. I was with my rubber band stretching. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm getting ready. Like, I couldn't imagine being a linebacker in the NFL. Right. I mean, but uh, yeah, I just I think we're at this at this pivotal point where um, it, it's going to be it's it, it's in, I, I think it's going to be in less than five years, and it's just going to be a matter of like the masses of people. It's supply and demand, mm-hmm. and I think that people are demanding. You know, stop getting me hooked on these pills in this orange bottle, and you know. Give me something that's natural and mm-hmm. not what you've been, you know, taught to learn that, mm-hmm. you know, getting high is so bad. Like, yeah. you uh, know, as far as, you know, as far as legalization is concerned, um, it, it's really anybody's guess at this to- at this point. But we really know it's no longer a question of if, but when. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you look at the federal level, uh, this is my personal <clears throat> opinion. And this, um, you know, is not necessarily based uh, off of anything other than just kind of my personal observations. So I think right now with the vape crisis that we're having, so the the all the the vape illnesses right? like, I think I think what's going to happen with that is that that's going to put the 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 fact kind of front and center that since this is an unregulated market at the federal level that there's no federal oversight so there's no real restrictions or control regulation over what goes into a vape cartridge if you decriminalize marijuana at the federal level or if you deschedule it at the federal level then that would allow uh, universities colleges scientific research groups etc to go in and to be able to study and then to and then to help regulate what goes in these vape cartridges. So I think that may be an impetus that kind of pushes uh, pushes um, the legalization. Mm-hmm. I also think that uh, President Trump is is probably just <laughs> egotistical enough and Here narcissistic we go. Here enough we go. Ding, ding, to, ding. to be able to to, to want to do it himself prior to the election. Mm-hmm. We know that every single um, Democratic nominee that's come out has been pro cannabis, and of course that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. We know that President Trump has signaled uh, previously in the past that he's pro cannabis, which of course is a wonderful thing. Uh, and I think that we'll, what what may end up happening is that we'll have an October surprise next election cycle, next mm. election year, and he'll come out and he will legalize marijuana because he wants to have that feather in his cap. He I'm telling you right be, now, would not be He shy. wants to be Maybe. the legalization yeah. president. Yeah. That, that's well, a hail mary. It, so, so yeah, that is a that's a, the definition of a hail mary. God. Uh, so I mean, like I do not watch the news. I can't stand it. Yeah, I don't. I'm done I don't my heart news. it hurts so much. Well, churn your stomach. But this is what I would say, and what I the little bit that I do observe I wish so I worked for a vape company right for a year I worked with one of the scientists that made all the chemicals and I remember when I started working for him I was like I don't vape you know is that going to be a problem and he goes oh hell no I don't smoke this shit and I was like (laughs) but I do wish that the uh, the news and the media would make as big of a deal out about the about these vapes as they do about the gun crisis Mm -hmm. and that's all I'll say because Mm -hmm. I'm like Mm -hmm. 
Really? Y'all are making this big a deal about well, people? Did we just have our first death in North Carolina from, from vaping? Yeah. It just happened. Yeah. Like like two weeks ago. Yeah. It's really sad. So they the, the get first these like recorded true, and... like this is from this is from vaping. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was like a, a young teenager. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like Yeah, but how many deaths have we had in North Carolina from illegal guns? And I mean we're not gonna get into that. Yeah. But... I don't even don't, don't get me started. <laughs> so that's a okay. different show. Yeah. yeah, that's a different show. So um yeah, we uh we're we're big fans of the the CBD and uh, so where do you think it's where, where do you think we're headed uh, like the future of CBD laws that might be prohibiting it like what's what's next sure so you know again I think at the federal level we're probably maybe two to four years away from federal legalization mm-hmm. and or decriminalization uh, I think at the state level we're probably a little bit behind that but obviously if um, if the Fed legalizes before the state does the state's almost going to have to follow suit um, what's interesting what we see is that in a lot of um, uh, what it's what I call the neighbor effect. So if you have a state that legalizes uh, instantaneously, everybody in the neighboring state for a state that's that it's not legalized yet, everybody drives across the border, goes and bri- buys their marijuana, and then drives back. Yep. So the state that's not legal re- is is realizes at some point that they're losing a lot of tax revenue, they're losing a lot of dollars and a lot of revenue to the neighboring state. So then suddenly that state introduces legislation. So you kind of get this this neighbor effect is what I call it. So I think that's mm-hmm. going to happen a lot. I don't know if that's going to happen in North and South Carolina. Carolina just yet, but um, I'm I'm hopeful. <laughs> so I, I keep I keep talking to, to you know certain law enforcement officials that think it's going to happen on the state level like relatively quick mm-hmm. before before it does federally. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and I also hear from a lot of people that live in Colorado that they say that oh you know a lot of the uh, the tax money and the dollars is going back to education and it's going back to help you know with X Y Z whatnot. They're like that's absolute bullshit. It's mm-hmm. not going back to that. It's not being used for what they said it was going to be used for. Mm-hmm. I don't know any truth or any or any non truths to that. You know, of course you have like other people that post and talk about uh, you know, they, they have their own opinions mm-hmm. but um, um, I think that uh, I, I would hope I guess I guess I think it's federally would be the first the made the bigger step mm-hmm. but um i almost feel like it's going to happen on a more of a local state level than it will but b- before the feds do i feel like even before it happens legally i think people are just coming around oh yeah I, I oh sure like, public i feel like the public opinion changed. like people are going to do things whether they whether it's legal or not i mean if you told if you told me a year ago you know you can't do this i mean if it's going to help somebody i'm going to do it i don't you know I'm, you're going to take that risk yeah. i mean that's just i, I I think that's most people but um yeah i mean i, I think that people are going to come around i mean north carolina and south carolina are really different in our laws mm-hmm. though i mean like i say we were tra- talking earlier about the liquor laws and you know mm-hmm. south carolina is a lot different than north carolina mm-hmm. um south carolina is also very is, is a lot poorer of a state than you know well, that's probably why they allow the free pour and the sampling <laughs> but yeah. I mean but as far as the future of CBD I think CBD has a very bright future I think it'll be um, uh, it'll, it'll live alongside uh, traditional marijuana uh, probably indefinitely because you know obviously there's folks that want the relief but don't want the high mm-hmm. um, and then there's folks that want the high and there's some folks that want a combination of both so mm-hmm. I think it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stick around for a while so I'm not trying to put you on the spot but I did bring this up earlier so you seem really passionate and really educated about about this and like I just got you know I just started learning about this maybe a year ago so to me I feel like the people that are in office are like that are like you know slapping these bills down are like these 70 year old cranky old men that are set in their ways do they ways. really know anything about it do they it? know anything about it so, to, to, so my question to you is like I know a t- like I probably know 10 guys like you that are really passionate about this and they're like you know fuck the government fuck this bullshit you know these guys are, it's a it's a money it, it, it's they're, they're worse than like illegal drug dealers 
Oscars. I mean, mm-hmm. they're worse than like the big guy. Why do guys like you not get into office to make these decisions? Or, or, or why are they listening to people like you? Or are they listening to people like you give their, you know, the testimony and, and the facts and the, uh, and the, and the research and data backup that you told us here today? Like, cause to me, if I was a not, if I was, uh, you know, not you know, not for CBD. After hearing some information I've heard today, and, and that I have heard, to it. Like, I would be like, you know what? It. Let's let's, let's talk it. about this. Let's this is something to talk about. You know, absolutely. Well, well. Um, to, to answer both questions, so I've actually uh, kind of entertained the idea of, of going into politics. Um, I've been asked to, uh, you know, if I have an interest in doing that. Um, personally, I, I'm probably not going to get into politics. Um, at, you know, <laughs> you're, as you're already in politics. I hate you're already in it. Yes. Well, I guess. Yeah, I guess that kind of. This is how you make a living. You're an entrepreneur. This you believe in this enough to. This is how you make your income. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like fighting. <laughs> like the Beastie Boys fight for your rights. Well, like we have you, been involved in 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 legislation in in Raleigh. So when we were just talking about SB 315. So myself, and my business partner, um, we actually uh, he actually lives in Raleigh, and um, so he is. It, it's much easier for him to attend um, these leg- legislative sessions. And he's gotten up and spoken uh, on our behalf, and really on behalf of the entire uh, cannabis community. And um, so we know that you know getting up there and advocating. Uh, standing up in, in Raleigh and advocating for cannabis actually works because the folks are, are there listening. So that's why we think, you know, based on some of the testimony that we heard from, and this is again in, in the legislative building in Raleigh, uh, that we heard from the farmers, from the producers, the manufacturers. I mean, you have folks up there that are talking about, you know, I'm a fifth generation farmer, everything I own, my entire livelihood is now built around hemp. And if you if you outlaw smokable hemp, then, you know, my entire family, we have to, you know, they're, they're gonna call, come for the notes on the right. on the tractors and we can't afford to pay for our equipment and so they're going to repossess it we're going to be bankrupt so we heard story after story like this i mean literally bringing tears to our eyes right. you know and so we realize how many lives that this touches and we realize how many people are involved in this and i think the powers that be uh, at least on one side of the coin on one side of the aisle so to speak <laughs> in uh, in raleigh um, are very pro cannabis they are very pro supporting the the hemp farmer uh, they understand that it is a replacement crop for tobacco and that it's doing well and so we think that in part of some of our testimonies and some of the testimonials from the other folks getting up there actually helped sway that decision to get that smokable hemp ban removed from mm-hmm. Senate Bill 315. So it is working. So yeah. we are actively participating. It does seem to be working. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I mean, I've watched so many. Have you guys ever watched the specials on like, you know, I'm a Dateline freak, Keith Morrison is my <laughs> like favorite. But when they do the specials on the children that, you know, are... Um, seizures. Have them seizures mm-hmm. and yeah. they, you know... And it's like, this is a form of medicine. I'm like, well, if yeah. that doesn't sway your vote, I mean, yeah. I, I, I In a lot of cases, it's the only thing that helps the kid. <clears throat> yeah, these know? children that have this and they're like, I've had so many friends tell me that, you know, they have children that have, you know, ADD or ADHD. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier that you have a child yes. that has yep. A- ADD. So, yep, so I have a 13-year-old son and he has ADD. He has mm-hmm. ADD and ODD. Um, and so we have tried uh, historically a host of different pharmaceutical drugs. He's been on everyone one of the methamphetamine based, you know, Ritalin, Adderall, et cetera. Um, and we could not find a drug that didn't have terrible side effects. Mm-hmm. As and far as like, what, 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 give me some examples so of it, what the side Irritability, effects. basically just turn my child into a zombie. A zombie. You know, just a real, a real a-hole. Uh, so, so somebody you didn't want to be around kind of a thing. You said ADD and ODD. So ADD is atten- attention deficit disorder. What is ODD? ODD is operational defiance disorder. So and that's, what is that? I don't know that I've even it's, heard. It's, it's basically 
basically a, a kind of a, um, a knee-jerk response to any type of stimulus from an authority figure. So if you, oh, I think I might have that. So, 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 so if you ask him to stop doing something, for instance, he might do it two or three more times before oh, he actually daughter. stops I doing it. I definitely have so, that. That's my daughter. Now it actually has a designation. So Christian, he is, he's 13. He's, he's 13. Not, he's not smoking this. He's, no. So how do you, how do you as a parent, like, uh, how do you handle this? Or, so, so he takes um, a, an isolate-based product. So it's a tincture. So again, we talked about earlier about isolate. So this has no mm. THC in it. Uh, and this is one that is specifically formulated for what's called focus. So that's the that's the what they have on the label. It's called focus. And it, they can't actually say that this product helps with focus, but we found that it does. Mm -hmm. And so the, the cannabinoid profile, the terpene profile, et cetera, is basically geared towards helping him or, or helping the, the user, whoever consumes it, to be focused in on what they do. Mm -hmm. And so he is able to take a dose in the morning. He's able to go to school and study for the first half of the day. Mm -hmm. And he can stay focused and concentrate. And he does really well in school. Around lunchtime, he can actually feel that it wears off. Mm -hmm. um, so historically, his mother was a teacher and was in the school with him. Uh, she now works for us at, at Cannabody. Uh, and so he would come to her about halfway through the day and say, Mommy, I can tell that my CBD is wearing off. Mm -hmm. My mind's beginning to wander. And so she would give him Good another. That's awesome. She would give him another dose and he would be, you know, within 30 to 45 minutes right back at it. So, so did his grades go up? They did. The yeah. Yeah. Yes. We went from uh, C's and D's to uh, A's and B's. There you go. So, wow. Oh. So let me ask you this. So at 13, does he, I'm assuming he still sees a pediatrician. He does. So have you consulted your pediatrician about this or like, tell me about that experience. So sure. And, and I, you know, I get these questions all the time, you know, what did doctors say? And I actually, I went and had my physical last week and I talked to my doctor about it and, and I asked her, I said, do you have people that come and ask about CBD? And she said every single yeah. day, mm -hmm. every day I have so many of my patients ask me about CBD, but I can't they tell can't. them anything yeah. because mm -hmm. I don't know but anything she, about it. Right. And I asked her, I said, can I leave some brochures behind for you to read? And she said, that'd be fine. I said, well, can I take it one step further? Can I leave brochures behind for you to give to your patients? Right. And she said, no, we can't do that. Mm -hmm. wow. So again, there's that control, there's that you know, whole... there's these interests at play here. So, so yeah, when we were, mm -hmm. when we were dealing with stage five cancer, I can remember being over at Levine and um, talking with my mom's doctors and we're like, you know, we're, we're getting my mom high. And mm -hmm. she was like, um, you know, I can't approve this mm -hmm. and I can't encourage it, but do whatever you need to do right. is basically what it yeah. was. Cause I was like, yeah. we're, we don't need any more prescriptions for yeah. methadone and Oxycontin. Thank yeah. you, but no, thank you. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a really, I think those doctors are like in a really, a really sticky situation because mm -hmm. they see so many cases and just because of the position that they're in, they they can't say, you know, great, do this. Basically, her doctor said whatever it is to make her comfortable mm -hmm. and to put weight on. Right. And, right. you know. That's why we're really hopeful for, that's why we're really hopeful for medical marijuana to come to North Carolina because in that case, you actually can go to a physician with a specific ailment and say, I have, you know, headaches or I have anxiety, I have stress, I have pain, et cetera. And you can actually get a prescription for cannabis, for, for marijuana from the doctor. Yeah. And so that's how it currently works in the in the states where medical marijuana is legalized so there are doctors that are able to prescribe it but not currently in north carolina yeah 
You think that'll be a first step before it goes before it goes to a statewide? Yes, I yeah. If it's not legalized at the federal level or decriminalized or descheduled at the federal level, I think medical marijuana will come to North Carolina first. Mm-hmm. And in I think about a hundred percent of the cases with states that start with medical marijuana program, they eventually go to recreational marijuana or what's mm-hmm. called adult use. Mm-hmm. And really, the only difference at that point is is that anybody over twenty one in most states can purchase marijuana uh, for recreational use, um, and then. The where the medical comes in is that you can usually have higher daily limits. So in the states where it's legalized, like say Colorado, for instance, with your uh, recreational limit, you're only allowed to buy X number of grams a day of flour or X number of you know grams of, of, of ingestibles, et cetera. Um, with medical marijuana, those thresholds, those levels are higher. So that's the advantage in say you know, Colorado to carrying a medical marijuana license or a medical marijuana card. You can go into a dispensary and you can buy higher amounts mm-hmm. of marijuana in a day. How is that? Is that regulated? Like kind of how like you buy like a cough syrup here in the Carolinas? It is. Yeah. So a, so traditionally the way that these work is so for those folks that have been into a dispensary before, um, traditionally the way that they work is that you walk into a door, uh, you're usually greeted by a receptionist or somebody who's there to kind of check you in. Uh, it's usually kind of a waiting room type of an environment. You're required to show your driver's license uh, and then that driver's license is usually scanned and put into a system. And now they track your purchases throughout the day. So you have a minimum, you have a maximum purchase. Yeah, so I, I, I found out all about that. You're, pick up. No, listen, uh, I know, right? <laughs> you're over your limit. You got to go around. No, no, no. At the Walgreens at South Park, they knew me for methadone and Oxycontin. I'm like, it's not for me. <laughs> right. Like, that's right. what everybody like, says. You're back. I'm like, no, it's really not for me. Thanks. Yeah, that's but. what everybody says, Jenna. So, the, so then after <laughs> you check in, you know, you, you basically wait in a queue. Um, and this is how Cannabody is set up as well. So we're set up as a dispensary, although, again, we're not legally required to do any of this. We're doing it because we're, we want to be set up you to want to be in the good graces. That's, you, what, that's, you, what, that's you, what I thought was really cool when I walked in. I was like, this is set up like a dispensary. Like, mm-hmm. this is not like the, uh, some of the other stores I've been to where you walk in and you you see the entire uh, display in the room like right, right yeah. there in front of you. Well, and it's kind of like I feel, I, I don't want to say I feel sympathy for the police officers, but when I read this article <laughs> with the guys from uh, Creative Loafing and they were up in, um, they were in Asheville and this guy was like, you know, we're not doing anything illegal and we understand that these police officers are just doing their job mm-hmm. and we're just doing our job. Mm-hmm. And it's like this fine line of like, you know, meeting them halfway and but doing it, crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's mm-hmm. to make sure that, you know, you build that, you know, rapport with the police officers mm-hmm. and stuff. Because like you say, when they pull you over, they don't know if this pen has got, you know, sure. TH, you know, THC in it or, you know, whatever it's got in it. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gray area right now. Sure. So, um, yeah, and speaking of rapport, when we, uh, when we opened our store, we proactively reached out to CMPD, the Charlotte Mecklenburg police department uh, to announce ourselves and basically to say, Hey, you know, how can we work together? You know, how Save can, the day, guys, you want to get high? <laughs> That's right. How can, how can we make your job easier? How can you make our job easier? Um, and so we, you know, we, we basically did a, a you know, a, a a nice introduction, kind of walked them through the store. That's awesome. I think that's and, awesome. And, and so now we have them on speed dial. If we have any problems, they're willing to come uh, and, and, and you know, do a drive-by, uh, to right. sit out in the parking lot and do paperwork, et cetera, so to have that police presence. So we figured it would be best to align ourselves with law enforcement out of the gate right. rather than having them as an adversary later on down the road. I, yeah, I, I, I think that's awesome because, like, we were talking about, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to fly overseas tomorrow, and uh, I was like, you know, am I allowed to take this? Like, if I want to take 600 bottles, of airplane bottles of liquor, can I? And you know, TSA changes every day. You can get out. Of the, can you get into London with it? I don't so, know. so TSA well, says different. that TSA says that I can fly. A tax on it. Uh, no, it said okay. that I can 
fly with as many Dixie vodka airplanes. Oh, I was talking about with CBD. Well, no, no, no. I, well, I didn't look at CBD, but if I wanted to take, say, if I wanted to take this with me to London. Can I fly with this? I don't know. I don't know what the law. So, so it has to do with 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 where you land, right? So, so when you leave North Carolina, with I'm that, flying that's into legal. Heathrow. Yeah. So I don't know what the laws in London are. I don't know what the laws in England so, are. So let me ask you this: Say if I go to Charlotte Douglas International Airport and I have this in my bag and I completely play the. I mean, because I don't know. I'm not. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not stupid, but I'm not. If I got there, would I get arrested? You would not. I actually used to work for Homeland Security, and Homeland Security <gasps> dun, 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 is, dun, dun, is the is Jason the, born in the house. <laughs> yes, which is also oh home to the TSA, Secret Service, uh, the Citizenship and Immigration Service, and a bunch of other departments uh, in TLA, three-letter acronyms. And so the uh, the TSA has come out and publicly stated that they are not in the business of of drug enforcement that is not what they're doing so what are those dogs doing there they're looking bombs. for bombs so, oh, so the girl. tsa so the tsa defines their job their their scope of work is anything that is considered to be a quote-unquote threat to aviation security so is this, drugs a, is this cons- a threat that is not a threat so i can fly with all the xanax and ambien and anything else well, I don't about all of it. well i don't but, know about all of it so 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 all things in moderation so no but uh, seriously say if i wanted to because i mean i'm thinking about taking this with me to london but yeah, the so question would how be, do you find that out? So the question would be, you you would need to familiarize yourself with the laws in England. I don't know if they even permit, uh, permit CBD. I don't know what the laws in, in England are at all. But that's, so that's I definitely wouldn't chance it and show up at customs with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can find <sighs> out any information on anything w- that you want to. You're a pro at that kind of thing. My, I'm sure you can find the answer. On the interwebs. Somewhere. My play dumb <laughs> card has not no. showed me yet. My, <laughs> no, 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 no. my advice would be Trust to take me. this pre-roll and smoke it before you get on the plane so that you're nice and bottles of yeah. liquor to drink for <laughs> that's different you can drink liquor in england we know that for sure yeah so <laughs> but I, well, I would not show up without so i did look at the, the law for the for the mini bottles is i can take up to as many that uh, many as many mini bottles that will fit in a quart ziploc bag and mm. i've got four people going with me so we can take four quarts but i plan on handing the mini bottles out but you know just curious because like say the stories that came out i want to say earlier this year it was like grandma flying to disneyland with mm-hmm. her you know three grandchildren has severe arthritis locked up arrested traumatized in jail because she was smoking cbd because she had neuropathy or she had um you know she you know she was going through chemo or whatever and I mean, that's a traumatic experience for anybody at any age. Absolutely, yeah. And this, unfortunately, is fallout. Um, this is fallout from the prohibition, right? So you have some states that have legalized it, some states that haven't. You might be a, 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 a tourist that's traveling from a legal state to a, a state where it's not currently legal. You may not be aware or familiar with the laws where you're traveling, and you may get caught up. Uh, and a lot of it just has to do with uh, sort of this outmoded, uh, sort of outdated mode of thinking. So, yeah. uh, and unfortunately, that's going to continue to happen until something really happens at the federal level across the board. That's why education is so important. Absolutely. You know, you have a lot of uh, these stores, um, even around town here, you go in and you, you want to learn more about it. And unfortunately, they're just trying to get a sale. Mm-hmm. But if you go somewhere like Cannabody, you guys are knowledgeable. You know what's going on. You can educate the customer on it, find out exactly what it is that they're wanting to use it for. You can teach them all about it and let them know these things so that when they go in, they're educated and using it for the right purposes. How do you think they're getting something good? You know? yeah, absolutely. Well, that's 
well, that's <laughs> one of the main things that we set up to do with Cannabody was to basically differentiate our differentiate ourselves from our competitors and other mm-hmm. folks um, by actually taking the the more personalized approach. We know that it takes longer with each customer, but we're fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, each one of our our staff members, we actually call them Cannabodies. Um, tra- <laughs> you know, traditionally they might be called a bud tender, um, so we call our bud tenders <laughs> Cannabodies instead of bartenders, uh, bud tenders. So we call them Cannabodies, and each of our Cannabodies is highly trained. So not only do we receive education and training from each of our individual vendors, we also have training that we have sought and um, uh, from other resources online and other reputable places. We take all that information, we aggregate it, and we actually have our own course, our own study, mm-hmm. course of study that we give to our Cannabodies. So nice. each one of them has to essentially pass a quiz, mm-hmm. pass a test in order to be hired by us. So each one possesses a great knowledge of the product, a great knowledge of, of CBD and, and, the, and the cannabinoid system and the terpenes and all the other good uh, all the other good parts of the the cannabis plant and then that is reflected in that when somebody comes into our store instead of being presented with just a whole host of options that are overwhelming and hard to understand we offer a carefully curated collection of products that we can speak intelligently about Mm -hmm. and the way that we're set up is that you know again we're set up dispensary style so once you check in in the reception area you'll be escorted back of the store to the dispensary and we have four what we call canapods so Mm -hmm. each of these pods is a completely uh, self-contained um, uh, basically, it's a display case and shelf, et cetera, with a cannabody that works at it. And each one has the same inventory. So mm-hmm. we can service four groups of customers at a time. Nice. And each of those cannabodies will take their time to learn what it is that you're looking for, what your knowledge level of CBD is. They'll answer any questions that you have. They'll, they'll walk you through your options. And they'll try to recommend a product that's going to suit your needs. We're not mm-hmm. just trying to sell you a product because it's what we want to sell today right. or it's because we have right. the largest margins on it. We're really going to try to match the need uh, to the solution. So we're going to provide a remedy to the need. And that's one of the things that separates us from from a lot of our competitors. Education is so important, uh, especially since there's such a curiosity about it. Most people Mm. don't know anything about it. For my first time, I walked into a store and I I had so many questions and Mm -hmm. they just could not answer. One of the things we really love is our cust- customer testimonials. So mm-hmm. we've had many cases. Now we've only been open for three or four weeks now. So yeah, it's, that's it's crazy. A, I know. So it's been a very short time that we've been open. I've been a lifelong advocate of cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, well, even just the short time I was in your store, like in talking to you, there was like three, four people that came in that were like, I felt like they've been coming there for years and you've been right. open for a long time and you said you've been open for a little bit less than two weeks. I was like, wait a minute, what? Like everyone's coming in here like, hey, how are you doing? Like you knew people on a one-on-one basis so and the people that came it. in yeah. that you didn't know were ready to be like educated. Like, they're so, they're so cool. curious and they want samples and they want to, they, I just think people are so um, uneducated on mm-hmm. it, you know, and it's like, uh, they feel like they're they've got this in now like okay well hey what do you know about this and like it's uh it's a great place to go and get educated and we actually spend more time educating our our our, our customers our clientele if you will than we do actually selling to them so a lot of what we do and we have a lot of folks that come in and we call them looky loose uh, they just come <laughs> they in uh, yeah they just come in and they look and they ask a hundred questions and we're happy to sit there and answer a hundred of their questions and it doesn't result in a sale and we're fine with that because yeah. you know what they come they back come the back. next day they come, they come back. back the next day with their friend that's what I'm telling you the people that I've talked to that are like they're the older generation there and when I say that I want to say they're in their you know 60s and 70s and they're so curious about it because I feel like that they've been taking prescription drugs and either they've plateaued 
or they they're, they're just not getting the relief that they want, but mm-hmm. they've heard so much about this. I mean, everywhere I look, you know, what my biggest thing right now that I'm looking for that I cannot find is a good deodorant that does not have aluminum in it. And everything mm. I've tried, I've hated. It's right. either been like rubbing cement in my armpit <laughs> or rubbing um, uh, like cake icing. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten a bunch of different ones and I'm like, Jesus. No, none of them are like, I love Old Spice, but it's going to like probably give me cancer. So yeah, I wear Old Spice. Don't kill me. But um, yeah, so I've used a, a bunch of different like Schmitz. They sell it at Walgreens mm-hmm. and um, it's it's like rubbing sandpaper in my armpit. Mm. It's horrible, but they're like, we're all natural. We're aluminum free. And I'm like, listen, I'm just trying not to stink. Okay. And don't you wish you could go into a store and ask somebody a bunch of questions right. about a bunch of different products and, sample and find one that works and for you? try things because I mean... I mean, a stick of deodorant is like, what, five or six bucks? But, you know, it's like, if this doesn't work, can I return it? I mean, I don't know what the return policy is on uh, CBD. Like, hey, I didn't get fucked up or I'm still in pain. Like, <laughs> can I bring those back? I, I don't think you're looking to get fucked up with CBD. I've, I've, consumed, uh, I've consumed three-fourths of the bottle. Can I have my money back? <laughs> yeah. So I do want to ask you, you mentioned earlier that you worked for Homeland Security. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, how long were you with Homeland Security? Uh, just under a year. So do you still have relationships with anybody in that field? Or like, do they know what you do? Or like, what, I'm curious because I feel like there's so many people that are like on board, but it's like, nobody wants to be the guinea pig that mm-hmm. stands up to like, it's like everybody I talk to, they're like, yeah, yeah, we know, we know these laws are out of date, we know. And I'm like, do something. Like who who's gonna step up to the plate and like, you know, take a swing? Sure, so yeah, so that's, uh, those are some good questions. So I'm actually um, from a sort of a different background. So I actually don't have a background in cannabis, again, other than being sort of a lifelong advocate and really in the past kind of year educating myself. <laughs> Who about. has a background in cannabis? Bob Marley? I know, right? It's, I mean, but like you- There's, but there's no you pedigree be, in it currently. You believe in it. You, oh, I don't have. A, I don't have a background in cannabis. I mean, I've run around with a bunch of hippies for 20 years mm-hmm. and I believe in not being in pain sure. and I believe in taking care of yourself. I don't know if that makes me a advocate for cannabis, but- you know, it's like, hey, if this works, you know, push it. Sure, sure. So my so, so my so my background is that you know I've actually been in in IT for the past twenty five years. So I've been a software engineer. So I built you know great big websites like Bank of America. I've done stuff for the Navy. I've done stuff for you know Homeland Security. I've done stuff for Time Warner Cable. All kinds of different you know companies, large and small. And so traditionally, I've been I've been uh, sort of an entrepreneur in the web space. And about ten years ago um, is when I first got interested in medical marijuana because that's when the first legislation was introduced here in North Carolina. I believe it was House Bill, it's either 1038 or It was 11. 10 years ago? 10 years ago. In I, was, two, I, I can't believe it was that long That's ago. Crazy. In, in 2008, it was actually Representative Kelly Alexander from the Mecklenburg delegation who still is in office today. Damn, you got uh, a good memory. Yes, and he introduced, he introduced that legislation in 2008, and of course it failed miserably. Uh, and then every year since then, he is roughly since then, I think with the exception of maybe one or two years, he's reintroduced similar legislation. So back in 2000. 2008, I sat down and started roughing out a business plan to open up a medical marijuana dispensary in hopes that the laws would change back then. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't happen in 2008, didn't happen in 2009, so I put everything kind of on the back burner. Um, in the fall of 2018, uh, right around October, is when I decided to knock the dust off the old business plan and decided to basically see if I could put together a viable business for CBD um, now that, now that uh, hemp uh, was about to be made legal uh, with the signing of 
of the farm bill in December. And so fast forward to, you know, April of this year, we're funded, uh, and then we open our doors in September. So, but uh, again, you know, so I've had a lot of, a lot of history uh, studying the plant, studying the different properties of it, and and it can be an advocate myself. So, but it was interesting to, to actually inform my bosses at uh, at Homeland Security that I was going to be leaving my government I job like them apples. <laughs> to go pursue a career in cannabis. And you know what? They all wished me well. And not yeah. a single person had anything negative to say yeah, about yeah, it yeah. whatsoever. It was I, great. I, I it was feel fantastic. like so many people just know and they know it's coming, but they like have to report to the man. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, some things are frowned upon and you just kind of have to like, well, I can't be any part of that. But, you know, good for you. I think that's awesome. Yeah, thanks. That's a cool. Tra- that's a cool transition to come to what you what you were, you know we're doing to mm-hmm. to this man. That's that's neat. That's neat. It's a complete one eighty. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> so it's a lot different from writing code for twenty five years. So <laughs> that's cool, man. That's cool. cool. All right, very cool, man. We'll really appreciate you coming by, dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thank that was that so was interesting as hell. Well, thank dude, you so- I feel like we could have a part two of this. I feel like I could talk I know, to you about right? like yeah. this forever. And yeah. but you seem so approachable. We can so- have a part two. We're gonna go to the store like yeah. before when you get We're back to the field trip. Yeah. Oh, those are the best field trips. Yeah. And we have samples. We we're, we're allowed <laughs> like to give samples. out samples. See? Yes. Oh nice. See Jenna? Yeah, we are definitely going to the store. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. Well, thank you so much for having me guys yeah. today. Hey man, thank you and uh, thanks for all the knowledge. The yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for all the knowledge and the insight. That's been it's been it's been fantastic. It's been my pleasure. Yeah. And tell everybody again where they can find you, how they can find you, social media, on the street, brick and mortar, all that stuff. Absolutely. So we're Cannabody. We're located in Noda at the corner of 36th and the Plaza. Our address is 1218 East 36th Street, Suite C. And we can be found online at cannabody.com and then on all of the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at my Cannabody. Excellent. Very cool. Appreciate you coming in. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Christian. Thanks, guys. Drugs are bad. You shouldn't do drugs. If you do them, you're bad because drugs are bad. Okay? It's a bad thing to do drugs, so don't be bad by doing drugs. Okay? That'd be bad. Drugs are bad. Okay? Just when I think you've said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. RadioCharlotte.com.